Hello, and welcome to Exploring Axon, a podcast where we discuss Axon Framework, Axon Server, and their ecosystem. I am your host and a software developer at Axonic, Sarah Tori. In this episode, I spoke with my colleagues Bert Laverman and Lucas Campos about the benefits of using Axon Server on-premise versus Axon Server in the cloud. We talked about the different use cases and different audiences and different options that we offer in each. I hope you enjoy my conversation with them and let's have a listen. Hi, Bert. Hi, Lucas. I hope you're both doing well. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Axon Server and Axonic Cloud. So um, I'd like to start by um, a little round of introductions, please, if you would. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. And uh, Lucas, if you'd like to start off. Yeah, sure. Hi, hi everyone. Um, I'm Lucas Campos. I'm from Brazil, living in the Netherlands for almost five years now, uh, working at Axonic for two and a half years. Uh, currently at cloud uh, projects that we're going to talk about. Fabulous, thank you. And I think it's worth mentioning that you're the technical cloud for the uh, technical lead for the cloud team at the moment. And uh, great to have you, Bert. Uh, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Bert Laverman, working as a software architect and developer uh, in the Axon server team, um, but also. Um, performing other duties for support for the cloud team, uh, doing trainings, writing blogs, and several things. Thank you so much. And yes, Bert is definitely um, our favorite honorary member in the cloud team and helping us a lot with the uh, a lot of the decision makings and uh, <laughs> telling us no when we're going astray, so which is great. So great to have you both here. Um, I'd like to first talk a little bit about. Um, Axon server and how we can set it up on uh, premise and uh, what is required to do that. So Bert, can you start us off a little bit about this? I know you and I had a, a bit of a detailed conversation about this in the past, but um, just an overview of if somebody is interested in using Axon server, how should they go about this? Yeah. So basically what nowadays I tell people is there are three ways to run Axon server. The first one is the I have the power way, which just means you download Axon Server, and that is a jar file with some additional materials that you can get from the site, and then run it locally using your own favorite Java edition. Um, But you can make it easy on yourself and run it the easy way, which is in Docker. And we have public images uh, available on Docker Hub for Axon Server, both standard edition and enterprise edition. And then, of course, there is the easiest way, and that is the way that Lucas can tell about, because that is running Axon Server in the cloud. Then you don't need anything on your laptop. You only need your uh, Axon Framework application. And um, as long as you have an internet connection, um, that's all you need. Perfect. Now, um, you did mention Standard Edition and Enterprise Edition. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between the two as well? No, well, basically, standard edition is a fully functional Axon Server instance. However, the enterprise edition supports what we call multi-context. So, if you have followed the podcasts um, about DDD, domain-driven design, you know all about domains and um, how you can have within your uh, application landscape multiple domains where you want to keep that separate. 
And in that case, of course, the best thing you want to do is also to keep your events and queries and commands separate. So you can do that by running multiple instances of Axon Server Standard Edition or a single instance or cluster of Axon Server Enterprise Edition instances. And then, of course, there are some other features, uh, mostly to do with things like security and running in clusters that uh, Enterprise Edition supports that Standard Edition doesn't. And that's basically uh, the difference. Yeah. Perfect. And um, for the Standard Edition, do you also need to have a license to use Axon Server? Or is this just for the Enterprise Edition? But that's just for the Enterprise Edition. And actually, the Standard Edition is open source in the sense that all the sources are available. Um, but um, if you download or uh, pull from Docker Hub Axon Server Enterprise Edition and run it, then actually, until it has a license, it will just behave like Standard Edition. Okay, fantastic. That's really great to know. Now, um, I'd like to come back to the notion of the clusters, as you mentioned, a little bit more into detail, because that's um, something that we also offer in the cloud. And um, I think um, that would be uh, a really good topic to go a little bit deeper into. Um, But before that, um, Lucas, tell everybody a little bit about how to use the cloud. Hopefully, (laughs) it's not a complicated process. No, it's not at all. It's, uh, It's easy to do. Actually, so cloud is, is out there. Um, we'll probably share the link afterwards. Absolutely. You can just log in using your Google account or a GitHub account. Uh, it will create an account for you there. And then you have the option to create a iSpace, which is just a organization of your contacts. And then you can create context clusters, application bindings, and, and you, are, you are done. Perfect. And um, so, yeah, obviously for the cloud, we don't need to have a license and it's not on-premise and therefore there's no... Um, real onboarding, but we will get to the onboarding in just uh, a few minutes as well. Um, so going back to Axon Server on-premise, whether it's Standard Edition or Enterprise Edition, Bert, um, what are the benefits of um, having the Axon Server on-premise? And then we'll talk about the benefits maybe on the cloud. So um, I, I suppose you both can um, tell us a little bit about maybe the benefits on uh, why would you want to have Axon Server um, instances um, on your local machine and basically have um, the whole control over um, what happens within the clusters or your context as opposed to being in the cloud? So tell me a little bit about pros and cons, maybe. Yeah, well, I think, of course, the biggest pro is um, the magic word that you used yourself already, which is control. If you run it locally, you can decide how you install it and how big the cluster you're going to make. Um, You can even make your own deployment patterns, having uh, multiple instances spread across different regions, and then um, make your own context across that. Um, But um, of course, then you have not just control, but also the price to pay, which means you have to manage it yourself. Um, And that's the big difference, of course, with cloud, where the management bit is done by us, by Axonic. Um, However, uh, Axonic currently only offers Axonic Cloud in Google Cloud. And if you have all your applications running in Azure or in Amazon, then you might find a region that is close to your site to keep the communication as efficient as possible. 
but it could be that that is not good enough for your particular situation. That depends very much on your requirements. So I think that is uh, probably the biggest differentiator for Axon Cloud versus running it locally. Yeah, that that makes sense. And um, you did mention uh, that currently, yes, we do offer the cloud um, only in GCP. GCP and uh, in the future, hopefully um, not too far um, out there. We are planning on expanding um, to AWS and Azure. However, at the moment, not sure exactly when that's going to happen. But Lucas, tell us a little bit about if somebody is um, using Azure or AWS and um, they're not on GCP, how can we help them? I know we recently had that question asked. Yeah. Actually, it, it would work the same for us. Um, the difference is what Bert said. Um, it's not ideal as things are, are, be, are going to be um, far from each other, but it should work yeah. the same. We can probably do some um, networking there to make it a little bit easier. Um, but the way to go would be to su- fully support AWS and Azure in the, in the future. Yeah, to, that just makes it a little bit easier. But um, as far as the management on our end, we're still managing it the same way for, for everyone um, in that case. Perfect. Um, so going back to clusters a little bit. So Bert, you mentioned a bit about uh, Axon Server clusters uh, in Enterprise Edition. And um, I think it's worth mentioning that the cloud is basically Axon Server Enterprise Edition in the cloud. So we do offer a lot of um, the benefits of the enterprise edition that you would have and you're able to use on-premise with a license. And I'm assuming, just a side question here, Bert, um, the licenses are basically uh, depending on a time, like do you have to uh, sign up for a period of time, let's say a year or three years to use these licenses? Do we do shorter term license? How, How do the licenses work actually? Or is it the favorite answer of it depends? Um, well, yes, of course, that is always a valid answer. <laughs> you know that. But uh, in this case, licenses are determined by, by for how long you uh, are willing to commit yourself or are able to, of course, financially commit yourself at once. And then how many contexts you, you would like and how many nodes you would like in that cluster. Right. And of course, in the context of Axon Cloud, that doesn't exist at all because there that is taken out of your hands and you will get everything arranged by us. Almost. <laughs> and we'll come back to it. There's a, there's a little almost with the custom clusters um, that, yeah, of course, then yes. it's a little bit more customizable. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely... Uh, keep working and improving and offering more if uh, customers want stuff that uh, is not yet offered at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Now, um, so going back to the clusters, um, you did mention with the Enterprise Edition, we have a cluster of nodes. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. How many nodes do we have in each cluster? Are they um, (laughs) customizable within the Enterprise Edition? And as you did mention, it just depends on the requirements. Uh, But maybe um, a little bit more detailed information around that, or um, maybe you have some use cases in mind that you'd like to share? Yeah. So um, originally, when you think about things like high availability, what you talk about is having a working server and a backup server. And then, of course, you can have differences in 
using something called active-passive, where you use an active one and have for backup one that is not doing anything until it's needed, or you have active-active where both of them are being used. And with Axon Server, we're using a more modern approach, which is called consensus-based clustering. So actually, all of the servers are active, but it's not uh, that you're just talking to one of them. You always um, talk to the whole team, so to speak, through that one that is your contact point. And your data is considered safely stored as soon as a majority of them have that data stored. Um, then, of course, um, this means that generally you will want an odd number to prevent um, uh, the unfortunate uh, problem of going uh, a split halfway. Um, but, of course, if you have a larger environment and want to have, for example, an off-site backup copy of your data, then you can go for four or five. Or, of course, in the case of Exonic Cloud, I mean, we are going essentially for, um, let's call it unlimited for the sake of argument, because we'll keep growing and we'll keep expanding into more regions, more availability zones, and even more cloud providers. That makes sense. And um, so, Lucas, let's talk on the cloud side. So, Berta did a really nice sort of transition into, into the cloud. Um, how do we basically, what are we offering in the cloud right now? Whether it's with the uh, shared clusters, private clusters, and then custom clusters. So let's maybe focus on the shared and private for the time being, and then we'll, we'll move on to the customs in uh, just a few minutes. Yeah, sure. So clusters is one of the things we offer at cloud. Um, this is the place where you create your context that you're going to use. So you can go for a shared cluster, which means um, th those nodes are managed by us and is shared among all the other shared clusters. Um, so you have neighbors, let's say, and they can influence your application as well. You have the private cluster, which is you. we are going to spin up new nodes for you and you're the only one that's going to use that. Um, and we have the custom one, which is, well, we can talk about it a bit later. Yeah, so um, in terms of the um, shared clusters, so these clusters are basically, um, again, as you mentioned, they're managed by us, but um, if you have noisy neighbors, of course, it can um, um, influence your uh, resources. Now, but if we want to use the shared clusters, can you tell me a little bit about why would you want to use shared clusters and then what options do you have within those shared clusters in terms of your context? Yeah, so the first step will be to pick a cluster. The second one will be a context. Um, on a shared clusters, we have a context called developer, which is free to use, but every four, 14 days, your data is removed. Um, we have a single node cluster, single node context. Uh, for that one is, is a context created on a single node on Axon Server, shared cluster again. Uh, and we have the multi-region one, which are three, a context created on three nodes, again, on shared. Um, the prices will, will will get uh, higher and higher. So more nodes, more you pay. Um, and also you pay for the number of messages you, you use. So more messages you use, uh, cheaper it gets. Right. So then for the single node, um, I think it's uh, obvious or maybe worth mentioning that then you don't get a backup, 
for for the uh, for that context. So you just have that one single node um, to to work on. What would be the use case for the single node context? Would it would you use this for production, or is it mostly for development purposes? Or yeah, I would say for development, um, you can use it if you have to keep your data for a longer time, mm-hmm. um, and maybe for some. Uh, integration tests as well, or for some right. tests in general. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for production. Uh, yeah. And then what about the multi-zone? Would you then recommend the multi-zone for production or is it um, still best to not use the shared clusters for production? What, what would be your recommendation? Or, I mean, I'm sure it depends, but just generally speaking. <laughs> yeah, it really depends. Um, for small applications, I would say it's fine to use it. Um, but I would of course, keep monitoring and see uh, when it's time to go for a private cluster. In this case, private clusters, yeah, makes sense. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, so with the uh, with the shared clusters, then uh, we don't need to really uh, necessarily worry about the um, uh, set. Um, I mean, there is a set price monthly that you pay, uh, but necessarily for the messages, I guess. Uh, and the messages would be then your events, commands, and uh, queries. And depending on your usage, then uh, you're paying for those messages. And the way um, also, I think it's it's good to mention that uh, these messages, the more you use, basically, the price per message is lower. So it's... Um, it's kind of a, a good thing too. If you have a lot of messages that need to be handled, uh, you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, the price is uh, going up and up and up. The more messages you use, it actually kind of bundles up and gets a little bit lower per message. So that's um, a little bit of a, a nice thing too that we have for the pricing on that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, private clusters now. So we have two types of private clusters. Uh, one is the small and one is large. So tell me a little bit about those two and um, also maybe use cases if you'd like to uh, share a little bit about which one is maybe appropriate for which audience. Yeah, so for private clusters, we have small and large, as you said. Um, a small one, it's three nodes um, on a, a small kind of machine on Google. Um, it's two CPU, eight giga of run each. For large ones, it's also three nodes, but it's four CPU and 16 gig of run each um, a small one can be used for small applications in production as well it's a private cluster you're the only one using it um, and large one you can use for large or medium i would say medium kind of applications in production as well yeah and then um can you tell me a little bit about pricing as well does it uh, work basically the same as the share did where you pay a base price per month and then per messages or is it different uh, it's similar. So for context on a shared, you have a base price for the context and also the amount of messages you use. For the private cluster, you have a base price for the cluster. Um, you don't have a base price for the context anymore, but you still pay for the message you use. Gotcha. Um, Bert, in the Axon Server Enterprise Edition, um, do we have different sizes of clusters or are they basically set or is it really customizable? How does that work? Well, that is actually just up to you. Um, mm-hmm. If you uh, use Axon Server Enterprise Edition and host it yourself, then all you get is the software. So the sizing and the uh, infrastructure you use to install it is uh, up to you, which is, of course, uh, eventually one of the things that might drive you uh, to using uh, your own cluster, your own managed cluster. 
Right. Um, it's a, a thing where you have to uh, do the calculations. I mean, this is where we use our favorite sentence, right? It depends. <laughs> it depends, right. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one of the questions uh, we uh, get a lot when uh, we talk to customers who are thinking from um, maybe switching from enterprise into the cloud is that what size do we need? And um, one of the things that we tend to recommend is if you are using the private clusters, you can always start with the small. And if you feel that those resources are not enough, you can obviously um, uh, upgrade it basically to the large clusters. Or if we're using custom, um, that's again, customizable. So um, I keep throwing this custom clusters <laughs> around this notion. Let's talk about those a little bit. Um Lucas, what are these custom clusters? Why do we have custom clusters versus private clusters? What is the use case here? What so, is the purpose? <laughs> custom cluster is really customizable. Um, you can you can go wild. You can request whatever you want. Um, these regions, these number of nodes, I want them to communicate this way. Backups, passive, active, uh, secondary nodes, um, anything you want, we can customize it and and yeah, make it available for you. Yeah, and I think um, there's another thing that um, we should mention, both for the Enterprise Edition as well as the uh, custom clusters, which is the support. So let's talk about um, what we do offer in terms of support on our side uh, for the users, whether it's uh, Axon Server Enterprise um, and uh, cloud. So let's start with uh, on-premise. So Bert, um, tell me a little bit about support. How, how does that work? So generally what uh, sales does, they use um, uh, subscriptions and what you get in a subscription will typically start with mostly uh, developer support. So um, you can, of course, uh, register tickets in our Freshdesk application, our support application, support portal, but um, you can also use Slack and we have a Slack workspace. So um, if you have a support subscription, you get access to that. Or if you cannot use Slack within your organization, we also have a discuss site where you can uh, connect to. Um, and there you can talk with the people from Axonic who made the framework and who made Axon Server and ask your questions. So if you have any doubts, any problems that you run into, while you're writing your application, while you're thinking about your deployment, then you can just contact us and discuss what you want to do. Then when you actually do have a deployment of an Axon Server cluster, then of course you can go for the different levels of support, uh, depending on uh, how much uh, support you want to have, for example, in case disaster strikes. So if you go for the highest level, um, well, basically you can call us 24 seven if the system is down in production and we'll help you to get it back up. Right, and uh, you did mention something that um, I'd like to reiterate, which is uh, you actually get in contact with our developers, the developers who are working on these um, uh, products, uh, which is really great because you don't have to go through sort of a, a liaison to get your uh, questions answered. You can directly, uh, talk to the developers and get your questions answered as soon as possible. Uh, but then again, um, really based on what kind of subscription you have for the for the support, which um, is important. Um, how does the support work in uh, custom clusters? So for the cloud, 
With shared clusters and private clusters, we do not necessarily offer support. We still do offer um, support in terms of uh, the Discuss platform. If you, That's our community platform where you have uh, the option of asking your questions and the community as well as the Axonic uh, developers can answer your questions. However, if you want dedicated support or an SLA, then we're talking more in terms of custom clusters. So Lucas, tell me a little bit about onboarding for uh, onboarding process for custom clusters and how does the support work for that? Is it similar to the enterprise edition or is it completely different? It's similar to the enterprise edition. Um, everything's agreed on contract, uh, how many nines you want on your SLA and we have to, to make sure that your system will be, will be live, will be online for forever. Um, the only difference I can say is that we we tend to be more proactive on cloud than reactive. So on Enterprise Edition, you have to come to us and say, hey, my system is down. So we have to uh, wake up and, and see what's, what's going on. Um, on cloud, since we are the ones keeping the infra for you, uh, we also have to monitor it. So as soon as we see it, anything is going wrong, um, we'll probably see it before you, you do. Yeah, which is a really good thing. I had a question uh, one time someone asked, uh, do we have access to our logs, basically, um, if something goes wrong? And I said, well, no, that's the whole point of uh, having you on the class so we can manage it and you don't have to hopefully uh, see those problems coming up. We can prevent them, basically, which is really great. So um, that's really nice to know that there is that option also available for the cloud where you can get the support. And um, now let's uh, talk a little bit about um, something that often comes up as well, which is the uh, protection of your data and your sensitive data. So how does it work uh, within the uh, Axon server, whether it's um, standard edition or enterprise edition? Uh, do we have some way of protecting your sensitive data? And I, same question for cloud. So Bert, if you'd like to start us off with the um standard edition and enterprise edition, how do we protect our sensitive data? Yeah, well, of course, uh, it starts with uh, securing access to Axon Server itself. So uh, within Axon Server, you can create user accounts and register applications. In standard edition, this uh, boils down to saying whether a user is an admin user or not. Um, and in Enterprise Edition, because you have multi-context, you can actually assign roles with a lot more uh, specific uh, usage scenarios per context. Um, then the next step is that you want to protect your data. Um, of course, we support things like uh, adding TLS to your connections, but then um, when it's about actual encryption of the data, then this is something that you want to take care of in your Axon Framework application because you want the personally identifiable information encrypted before you send it to Axon Server. We can do it in Axon Server if you want. We have this fantastic option called a plugin where you can actually uh, do encryption, encrypting in Axon Server but then the data is not encrypted as soon as it is in your Axon Framework application, which is probably not what you want. Um, in that case, you have to use the data protection module, which works together with uh, the Axon Framework and which can 
uh, be configured to encrypt selected parts of your messages. Then when it's stored in Axon Server or even before that, when it's sent to Axon Server, those fields will already be encrypted and nobody on the infrastructure side, on the Axon Framework side, will ever be able to see and read that information. Then, of course, the next question is, okay, so what if I don't want that data anymore because it's a customer and the customer sends an email and says, I want you to forget all about me because that is what they can do with the GDPR. Then the simplest thing is just to throw away the key. So if you forget the key, you can, I mean, you can still read the event, but it's all gibberish. So that is a very safe solution. Fantastic. Do we have something similar to this in the cloud? For the first first part, Bert mentioned about uh, user roles. Yes, we do. So it's not on the content level, like in Atom Server, but it's on the space level. Mm-hmm. So you can give uh, different users different kind of access on your space. Um, for the event itself, it's the same, like Bert said. So we push it to the client, to the Atom Server application, and they can use the data protection module and encrypt their events before sending mm-hmm. it to, to cloud. Yeah, so they can do that on the framework side of it, basically, and not uh, necessarily within the cloud. So we don't we don't have that uh, sort of um, encryption in the cloud for you, uh, so to speak. Um, let's uh, touch a little bit on uh, data migration now. So um, with Axon Server itself, um, and I did uh, actually have an episode on this with uh, Steven, who's our Axon Framework uh, lead developer. Um, about migrating your data. And um, the process seems to be pretty straightforward, not necessarily easy, but um, it's it can be done. Um, do we have that option within the cloud as well? So if, uh, for instance, um, you are on the Axon server on-premise, so enterprise or standard edition, and then wanting to move to the cloud, um, how can we manage the migration of your data? Do we have an option right now where we can basically um, move your data and put it in, um, say, a bucket on our side or the client side. Do we have that uh, figured out at the moment or are we still working on this? Uh, it depends, I'll say. For custom clusters, um, I would say we support it. We can help you and do the migration. Uh, for private right. and shared, um, you can pretty much write an application, probably like Steven said on the other episode, but we are working on a feature. It's on the roadmap so you can uh, upload and download events from your clouds right. so you yeah. it's probably going to work like, like you said uh, bucket somewhere you have to upload your files there um, and then you're going to import it on your newly created context mm-hmm. makes sense makes sense um fantastic i think there's a, a lot of i think incentive to use either so if it really depends on um your personal use case right if you want to use the axon server on premise versus the cloud but it's really great to know that there are options available and uh, they're both really great options um either way you want to go to and um we do have a lot of um, information, um, of course, for the Axon server, uh, both standard edition, which is, um, as Bert mentioned earlier, uh, open source, it's free to use, um, and you can give it a try. And then if you decide to move towards the uh, enterprise edition, uh, we can assist you to that. 
Um, and and then same thing with the cloud. Um, there's a lot of options that we can use within the cloud, whether it's uh, self-onboarding or with us onboarding the customers. So um, it's really great to have all of this information. And I really appreciate both of you for being here today and uh, giving some of your uh, amazing expertise in um, both fields of on-premise versus cloud uh, to everybody. And uh, discussing this with uh, with me and our audience. So thank you so much. And I really hope that you both have a great day. And I hope this episode helps everybody to kind of make a decision if they're thinking about um, either option. So thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank have you a great day. I hope you liked my talk with Bert and Lucas. Please join me next time as I discover other amazing topics with wonderful guests. Until then, have a great time and happy coding.